Whew. Oop, looks like you're muted again. <laughs> again, let's try again. Nice. Cup. Nope. No good. Yeah. Are we good now? Thank yeah. goodness for post editing. <laughs> Man alive. This That's is great. It. Good morning, Power Family, or afternoon, or whatever time it is in your realm. Welcome to Power in Strengths. I'm Coach Aaron. Today I'm sitting down with a gentleman that is a good friend of mine. Uh, we actually went through our incredible families uh, parenting training thing together. <laughs> um, and his name is Nick Johnstone. Uh, a little bit about Nick. Nick is a committed family man to a house full of females. Three daughters ranging from ages seven to one. The youngest is first birthday is actually um, this Sunday. We're recording this on the 7th of June. So happy birthday to your youngest, Nick. Um, his incredible supporting wife. He has a Burmese mountain dog, a cat, and 16 chickens that all happen to be female. I so badly feel for you. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> he resides in a small community in southwestern Ontario and lives in a small cottage of only 570 square feet year-round on 11 acres of rolling hills, cedars, forest, and ponds and streams. Nick's journey into the strengths world started three years ago when his wife took a strengths assessment through the Gallup Company. Although he didn't start diving into strengths until the global pandemic, personality assessments are something that he's been familiar with through corporate jobs and management in the past. Today, Nick is the publisher of a local magazine in Owen Sound, Ontario, that connects people in the community to each other. He is also a certified strengths coach that deals with two personality assessments, including the Incredible Family and Gallup Clifton Strengths. He helps people stop telling themselves that they are too much or not enough and to own their strengths. As a child from a family that often got overwhelmed with all the different directions he wanted to go and start something new, he was often told by parents and the community, stop starting all these things and focus on completing one task before starting another. With that being said, Nick, my man, it is so good to be on with you today. I would just love to have you say hello to our power family. And what are your super six strengths and how can they make you more powerful? I'm so happy to be here and be part of the power family movement that you are creating as well. Um, excited to be here. You know, one of the things that I will say is, I got to meet you um, during our during our uh, certification process, and you were a young man that I was like, man, if I had his skill set and knowledge at that age, um, lights out for the rest of the world because I'm excited for your future and what you're building and creating as well. So happy to be here, happy to be a part of this, and let's dive in. Looking forward to this. So you mentioned, you know, what are my super six? My super six are number one, gracious, number two, objectivity, three, advisor, four, tenderness, five is stability, and rounding out my super six is inspiration. So those are my super six. I can tell you um, what I am most excited about this. You know, as I shared, as you shared with my bio leading up to this is, I've, uh, you know, one of the things I've always been told and, and always felt is I, uh, I do a lot of overthinking. So there's a lot of things going on in my head and this getting this assessment and understanding this assessment was the first time I was at, at the time of going through a certification. I was today years old um, when I realized that I lead with my heart and not with my head. And it's been a, it's been a, a process and a journey um, because of that and, you know, having number one gracious there as my number one strength is really where that heart string comes in. And I'm, 
I've been excited to not only use it more, but um, really define my life, my current life in a new way that has led me down a different path that, um, that I wouldn't have gotten the opportunity to if it wasn't for, for strengths themselves. So happy to be here. Thanks, Nick. Man, so while we were actually in our training, um, we discovered that we had a lot of similar strengths. Um, Your number one gracious is my number one gracious. And we just, we really found out that we both really lead from the heart and we really connected during that time. So I was, I'm super happy to have you on today. Um, This is going to be a great, great session. Super stoked. So let's just go ahead and dive right in. Um, one thing that I want to ask you that I don't think that I'm uh, going to get a chance to go over uh, with our, the other coaches that I'm going to be interviewing is what is strengths-based human development? How, in your own words, like how can you phrase that out so that it can be um, maybe more understandable for our for our listeners? Oh. Such a, I, you know, that question in itself, I think can be answered in, in a plethora of different ways. It's not a mad, it's not a straightforward answer. Um, you know, there was a lot of things that I did growing up that, you know, I had, I had good parents. I'm not going to say they were great parents, but I had good parents that provided all the things that I needed in the opportunity. But they also, there was some things that if, if they would have had the tool set that, that we have as, as, as strengths coaches, you know, I would have probably turned out a little bit differently and not turned out differently, just shorten that bell curve of having to develop it all in my thirties rather than learning some of them early on in my, in my teen years and through my youth. So when you, when you ask that question to me, first of all, the first thing I think of is, you know, the education, the education system and um, what I love about the education system is it's, it's where our community is. It's where, where our, where our close network is. But when, when the education system was first designed and, and created back in the industrial revolution, it was to create the employee mindset. And yes, you need to, yes, in order to become a doctor, yes, in order to become a dentist, yes, in order to become a lawyer, you have, to go to university and you have to go through the education system. There's no way around it. Like that's just the fed, the facts are the facts. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of things that I have, that I have learned and developed and seen with working with parents and with entrepreneurs, especially that, you know, the school system didn't do most entrepreneurs a favor because they were always told that you're, you don't follow along. You don't, you don't fit the mold of, you know, a university grad. And I was one of those people growing up. Like I went to school because I was told I had to go to school. I, and it's not like I hated school. I I will tell you that I sat at the back of class. I listened. I, you know, paid attention to every word that came out of my teacher's mouth during high school. But I was also the kid that never wrote a note, never did a single minute of homework and would come to uh, a final exam and get like a 90 or a 95 on a final exam. And everybody, including my own parents were like, so you cheated. So for me, the worst part about it is, is because I sat back and I paid attention and I listened and I adapted it into real life. And I really understood it, but I hated homework. I hated the idea of doing this because somebody was telling me I needed to. I did the bare minimum as a, as a high school student just to get by, and it drove everybody crazy. So for me, it wasn't until I started learning about strengths that allowed me to understand that if we were just to teach some of our children and some of our youth, that instead of, I'll, I'll describe it as this. And I use this analogy a few times. Um, imagine five points on a star. Okay, so you've got a star, five points. Your strengths are the very outmost points of that star, and your weaknesses are the very innermost points of that star. And we're always told as kids, as, as children, work on your weaknesses, and you'll become a well-rounded person. We also know through stats and analytics that when we don't, 
work on our strengths, they naturally shrink, right? So what ends up happening is that star gradually over time, over the world coming, you know, saying, this is what you need to be, be more of this and less of this. And oftentimes we tell ourselves that story, that star becomes a circle. And I don't know about you, my friend, but that circle to me means mediocre, mediocrity. And I don't know anybody in this world that was set out to be mediocre. So when you say, what is this development when it comes to strengths? I really think it's providing the opportunity for our children, for our youth and through the next generation to stop following the directions of others to say, this is who you need to be and start listening to what is there and saying, this is who I already am and stop trying to push that out of them. Because if we just listened to what our children are already doing and what they're successful at already and just promoted that, how great this nation, how great our community would be if we just promoted that within our within our education system. Nick, man, I absolutely love that. Every time that I sit down with a client or someone who's asking, well, what is what is Incredible Families? What is Gallup Strengths Assessment? We'll go into Gallup a little bit later. Um, but I tell them, I tell them every single time, I'm just like, this is focusing on what you're naturally good at, what you are consistently doing well all the time. We don't care about the stuff that you do poorly. Like that's, we can work on that later. Like that's fine. We want you to be more powerful through the development of what you do good already. And so, man, I love that story. I really, I thank you so much for that share, man. Um, and you, you mentioned the education system. It's so true. Like the education system from, from a young age, we're always programmed. We, all of us have been programmed to focus on our weaknesses. Like we are, we're told, okay, if you're not good at math, you need to be better at math and then put your reading aside. Well, why can't I focus on my reading instead of focusing on my math? And I mean, there's there's some fallacy to that, obviously, but still, it's it's around the same the same principle. And so, I I just want to really thank you for that. I'm not going to say it's broken because those are other people's words, but you know, all the things that we're told is is as students that this is the way you need to act. This is the things you need to do turn that D into a B or turn that C into an A or from an A minus to an A plus, you know, this conversation is, it pulls in my heartstrings because I barely snuck by. But again, going back to nineties and 95s on exams, I was always the student that you have so much potential if you just applied it. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, we talk about like the report card scenario in our, um, training session and a, a kid brings you home a, a report card that says they have an a plus an a a c a d and maybe an f so which one are you going to look at first for all you parents out there you can go ahead and leave a comment in the comments section which which one are you going to look at first for me personally i went into the training session i'm just like i'm going to praise them on their a plus first because i'm a sensitive heart driven person because that's my thing uh but most often, we're going to look at our kids F first because we need to bring that one up into into the passing, right? Well, sometimes that's just not how it works. Yeah, and what else what I'll add to that is <laughs> I've shared this story numerous times in different contexts, but um, I you know, I failed English in order to graduate four times. And was told, you're not a great writer, you know, this, you'll never go to university because da-da-da-da-da. Um, on the fifth time, finally passed. But at the same time, you know, every, I'm, and I'm not saying that every student can't, you know, you can't improve on your skills. But you've got to do it your own way, mm -hmm. right? I am now the publisher of a very successful magazine and I write on a monthly basis because I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about what the purpose is, but I've also found that I am a really good writer as long as I follow my guidelines and what I'm set out to, to, to teach or to share where 
I felt that the education, and this isn't a knock on the education system because it's done so many great things are for, for our society and for right. the general population. But there is a lot of us that it is also left behind. And for me, I was one of those people that I was left behind because I didn't fit the mold of what a great student looked like. Yeah, that's and that's that's great. Nick, I just I'm constantly left speechless uh, every time that we talk just with all the stories that you share and how much information you bring to the table. And if I were to sit here and actually think of something to intelligently say to follow you, I think we'd be here all day. So I I think I'm just going to move on here. (laughs) (laughs) You know, when I started a career about 15 years ago, I'm I'm a little bit older than you are. Um, It was shared with me when I was first getting into it that some of the elder statesmen were like, man, I've got socks that are older than you that are still sitting in my drawer. And, but at the same time, I look at the conversations and the depth of conversations and the knowledge that you bring to this and the people that you serve, my friend, um, are happy. They will be very, very happy to have you in their corner as well. So um, I appreciate the buildup, but you deserve it just as much. I very much appreciate you, sir. And, you know, I just, I, I love having you on here. So we'll just go ahead and move on to the next question here um in your own words uh what does it mean to be a strengths-based parent you kind of touched on it uh just a second ago with our with our last um question but what does it mean to you to be a strengths-based parent oh a constant work in progress i like that answer that's a good one because you know strengths is is I, th- I see strengths as this belief, this, this constant static direction. And this is who I am. This is the way I work. Yes, I guess there's all kinds of input and information that's coming in and connections that we meet. But it's almost that steadfast ability of at the core, this is who I am. And this is who my children are. And instead of I'll share, a, I'll share a story with you. And, you know, my, my seven-year-old's number one strength when it comes to incredible family is, is competitor. And Love that strength. It's the best. <laughs> it's a great, it's the, it's a fantastic strength. And my wife and I have conversations on the regular about whether we're promoting or it's, or that competitor strength is becoming a hindrance for her because, you know, you you want to, you want her to be sensitive to other people and so she's not always comparing and pushing other people but there's also a sense of 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 that competitor in her that needs to be brought out so what does it mean to be a strength based a strength based parent it's accepting people as they are and realizing that as much as we want them to understand and adapt and to learn but they have to do it in their way. And as soon as we understand as parents that we have to give them the tools to make those strengths stronger instead of trying to add things onto their plate and say, you need to be this and you need to be more thoughtful of your, your brothers and sisters. You need to be better in your community. Stop trying to be this inside of a team atmosphere, you know? And I think as a strengths-based parent, strengths-based coach, strengths-based anything, it's about acknowledging people where they're at, especially our children, and then allowing them to use that strength and that God-given talent to go out into the world as this is who I am. Absolutely. And something that I find really interesting, I'm actually doing a speech for a club um, here coming up in a couple weeks something that i was going to talk about in in that speech was that you know as young men especially heart-driven men we're told all the time that we need to man up we need to stop crying we need to stop feeling so much you know what i mean and that's not our nature especially i for for you and i especially we're both very heart-driven people we're very sensitive people and for us to get told 
that you, we need to stop leading with our emotions. It's telling the pot not to be black. You know what I mean? Uh, that whole, that, that response can go, I did, you know, um, let's go, let's go there because I think, <laughs> you know, just in what you said, men and vulnerability, you know, um, leading with our hearts, you know, w- whether we're, <laughs> whether we're four years old and you get, and my grandmother's famous words where it's a long ways from your heart, we get injured, stub our toe, you know, you cut yourself, scrape your knee. And she would always say to me, Nick, get up. It's a long ways from your heart. And that over and over and over again for the, you know, for your entire childhood starts to, whether it's with sports and you need to man up or go out there and beat, you know, beat someone or whatever, or go, go make a tackle or you, you fill in the blank. But as men where it's almost promoted to us that injury pain is the norm. And if you have feelings toward it, get off the field because this isn't the place for that. And it, you know, later on in, in sports as even professionals, when they start talking about it, they're like, man, this hurts to talk about this because we've never been given the permission that it's okay. Absolutely. And that, you know, I know Lewis Howes talks about it, you know, in his books, mask, you know, you know mask of masculinity. It's there's, there's so much preconceived motion of, of men being told that they're not allowed to have feelings so that when those deep emotions come up in a relationship with your spouse or come up with a, you know, the relationship that you have with your children, it often comes out as do as I say or else. Right. Nick, this is like a whole nother podcast episode in its own. And I'm, I would love to have this conversation with you. Um, for the sake of time, <laughs> I'll just say that, you know, even now, like I'll come home and I'll be emotional. And my wife, she's just like, what is your deal, dude? She's a, she's a thinker, you know, um, her, her gallop strengths. She has, um, strategic she has ideation she has uh deliberative and all these thinking strengths you know what i mean so she has no heart strengths and like i have six of ten of my top uh strengths is heart strengths you know and so she's just like dude stop the ushy gushy right now i can't handle it but i'm dying over here dude yeah that's (laughs) and it's so true but We'll have to we'll have to definitely come back to that at another time. I I love that conversation. I'm super stoked to have that with you. But just moving forward, um, we mentioned Clubhouse a little bit earlier, and but I would like you to tell me as brief as maybe you can. <laughs> um, uh, what is Clubhouse? Um, how can how can our listeners? How can the Power Family? Um, get plugged into clubhouse and how can how can clubhouse kind of help them to be more powerful also uh, one of my um one of my passions in life is this conversation because i get asked all the time um is what is clubhouse why should i be on it you know why is this why is this so important to you and for, for me, you know, when I was going through a struggle of, of, of mental health and finding my way back from that journey, um, I spent a lot of time listening to audiobooks and listening to um, podcasts and really in the space of self-development because um, I grew up in a place, you know, at a time when, you know, A, books make me fall asleep so like i'll be reading books to my children at night man and i'm like seven pages into this 12 page story and i'm like they're like daddy you're sleeping again and it's like okay so that's how i read books so for me um i loved audiobooks i loved podcasts because it was a way for me to consume information to to improve myself while I was doing dishes or while I was driving in the car by myself or, you know, doing some of the tasks after the children went to sleep at night. But with clubhouse, it was, 
you know, all these people that I was listening to in audiobooks or on podcasts, but they were in this live Q&A form within Clubhouse, which is an audio only app. So unlike podcasts where it's recorded, audio or like Clubhouse is like, if you're not live and you're not there, then you miss it. And there's gold, like there's, there's business development rooms, there's, you know, there's, there's personal development rooms, there's vulnerability share rooms. But I think what I like most about it is this, and it's really simple. In a world like we live in today, where things are kind of this mix of virtual and real life, as I call it, you know, brick and mortar style businesses and, and, and friendships and relationships, this opportunity within Clubhouse is, is so cool because it cuts out all the small talk. What I mean by that is, you know, you go to the grocery store and you see Sally that you haven't seen in two months. You start talking about the weather. You start talking about your children. And all of a sudden you sit there for 15 minutes in small talk. And you're like, man, now I got to go do this. And it's just taken up 15 minutes of my life. I'll, I'll do respect to Sally, but it, it has. Where with Clubhouse, the greatest part about it is you, there is no there is no weeds to get through. Because we all live in different areas of the globe. So the weather with where I'm experiencing here in southwestern Ontario up in Canada is nowhere the same as where you're experiencing it or what it's like in Florida where they've been experiencing a drought. So weather is never a topic of conversation. Our children are never a topic of conversation. It's immediately – what I mean by never is – is it's not the starter of a comp of a conversation like it is at the grocery store when you meet Sally. It's a conversation if you want it to be, if you choose it to be in those specific rooms, but it immediately cuts to the chase of this is what we're talking about. This is the topic. And then it's live Q and a shares. If you need to help with a, a help with a concept or a question, or you're just like, this is an experience that I had this past week that I'm super proud of. You know, I share things about my children all the time. You know, these are these are things that I love being in these styles of rooms because we're building friendships and connections. And, you know, uh, I, I also know that if if the pandemic gets any worse here in Ontario, we're kind of opening up for our after our third shutdown. But I've got friends in, in Houston that I've met through this space that we talk to on a regular basis. They're like, if it, if it gets bad, we've got a guest house here. And that relationship was built because of the vulnerability share and the openness and the, the ability to cut through some of the BS that happens out in the real world, that this virtual world is, is real um, because it's the connections, it's the opportunity to, to meet at a deeper level. And that's what I love most about this space. So you asked to keep it short. That was not short, but um, you get the idea with it. And hopefully your listeners do as well. I'm totally cool that it wasn't short because that – was the best explanation of what Clubhouse is, and I don't, I don't think I could have done any better. Um, that I always explain to people that Clubhouse is like an interactive podcast. You know, you can be listening, um, you can just be in in the the audience or whatever, or you could be up on stage and you can talk about the experiences that you've had. Um, it's re it's really just a neat thing, and you know we you and I have been in a lot of rooms together, um, specifically in the incredible family clubhouse, but also with, um, you know, the rosebud thorn and are you man enough with storm and everything. And it is, it's just such a phenomenal place to go and to listen and learn. And it's just fun. Like, I don't know with, with you and Les and Heatherly and Carrie and Matt in the um, incredible families room, I I feel like I actually have friends. I don't even know where half those people live, you know, and I feel like I have such a a deep understanding of who you guys are, and I just I really appreciate it. So with all that being said, with a with the explanation of Clubhouse. Nick, you run a you're a moderator uh, for the Incl Incredible Families Clubhouse. If I could talk today, um, and you actually run 
a room, if if I'm not mistaken, you run the perfectly imperfect parenting room, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So tell me some of your experiences with with this room and how how you see it affecting you, how you see it affecting other people, um, and just kind of talk about that experience for a second. <laughs> so this room. This room, this this topic essentially came up from a social media post that I had made and was there was a, quite a few people that had commented, shared, um, had some some theories behind it. But, you know, I think we go through life expecting to be perfect and fail miserably because, you know, I'll, I'll share this, you know, growing up. My my mom and dad never, ever, ever said I'm wrong to us as children. And for me, for my, you know, I've got two younger sisters. We knew when mom and dad were wrong, but that self-acceptance for them never came through. Which then, because of that, because there was no openness willing to accept fault as parents you lose a little bit of trust each time, every time they say something. And one of the, one of the practices of that club, that, Im, or that, that room, that imperfect or perfectly imperfect parents is realizing in order to become perfect parents, you have to accept the faults of life and be able to share that with our children because what ends up happening. And I've shared this story a few times is when we are vulnerable with our children, it gives an open floor for them to be vulnerable and accept their faults as well. Not only with us as parents, but to their friends. So that when their friends make mistakes, they can say, it's okay. And it, you know, we'll get through this together. I'm here to help you. We're not looking, we're not trying to create something perfect, but there's something in that willingness that that acceptance of being imperfect that is actually the momentum in order to be to breaking or almost disrupting what the common mold uh well you know what the old mold of of being a perfect family looked like and there is no there is no perfect i'm not perfect my wife's not perfect our children aren't perfect our life isn't perfect but it's that you know constant growth each day of accepting that I'm trying to make a difference today so that tomorrow will be easier so that my children don't have to learn at 37, all the things that I've had to learn now, you know, if, they, if I can give them one fraction and flatten that bell curve so that they can understand little bits and pieces as they're going through childhood that, yeah, my dad has struggled with mental health issues. My mom has struggled with postpartum depression. And I'm not saying that this is how we have to do it, but, there is something to be said about those imperfect conversations that create better children and better community moving forward, moving forward. So I hope that kind of answers your question. No, it absolutely does. I think, I mean, if the listeners say, if they have any questions, they can definitely leave them in the chat and we can revisit it at another episode. That's totally cool. Um, or, or if they feel so inclined, they can ask us for, does it require, does Clubhouse require an invitation anymore? Or can there's they just still, go in and download it? There's, you can go in and download. They're still not fully released yet. So they're still in beta, beta um, mode, which means um, I, will, I will put forward um, a link or I'll send you a link, Aaron where people can actually go in and um, accept an invite, which will then help them skip the line so they don't have to actually wait for those uh, invitations. The, the, the invitation to the club will actually skip that line for them and they can jump right in. And I think there's a thousand um, invitations that are included in that link. So we should Sweet. have a few people that we can get in, which I'm yeah. excited to have build that conversation up. Absolutely. So yeah, if, any of our listeners have any questions you can definitely jump on the link that'll be provided uh in the bio of this episode and nick i thank you so much for sharing um that that little segment because 
perfectly imperfect parenting. I think that, that is such a cool name for for your room because we're really not like none of us are perfect and being okay in the imperfection of our parenting and our lives is how we grow as people and i think that that's so awesome so thank you very much for that one so just kind of moving forward like with kind of on the same lines of perfectly imperfect parenting um, i kind of want to ask how has being a strength-based parent helped you specifically in your household? <laughs> I love this question. So um, with, with the children's assessment, there, it's the same as the adult or the, the parent's version as well, where there's, you've got your super six and you've got your supporting six. So um, I've got, as, as you mentioned earlier, I've got a seven and a five-year-old as well as a one-year-old. We haven't done it for the one-year-old yet, but uh, we will by the time she turns four probably. But with our seven and five-year-old, uh, we've done the assessment for both of them. And coincidentally enough, we have discovered that five of their super six strengths are the same. There's only one difference between the two of them. And my eldest, as I mentioned earlier, her number one is competitor. And my five-year-old, her number one is performer. So I'll give you an example, which is, this is super funny, but um, there's a lot of things that they're on the same page with. And there's a lot of things where the comparison just drives my five-year-old crazy because she's like, my seven-year-old is always like, I'm better than you, you know, all that sort of stuff that siblings do to each other. And it's like part of it's because you're two years older at this age is a, is a big difference. But also some of it is just because that's that's who she is. And instead of pushing that out of her, it's realizing some of the things and the little nuances to be able to bring that to light. So for us, I've shared this example a couple of times with 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 other people. But for your listeners today, I'll, I'll share this as well. And, I'll, you know, we've got a trampoline in our, on our property and. As a kid, I remember, you know, you put a ball or a toy in the middle of the trampoline and you bounce around. And the idea is to try and get that toy to hit the other person. And it's kind of this game. And my seven-year-old, as soon as we, I mentioned the game, yes, I probably had competitor number one as a child as well. So this was like right up my alley. And it fed into her strengths, which was also funny. But for her, you know, my seven-year-old, I said, Ainsley, this is this game will be really fun. She's like, I can't wait. This game is going to be the most fun thing ever. I'm going to I'm going to do this and I'm going to get it to hit her. And meanwhile, a five year old is like, I don't want to play daddy. And I said, well, OK, hold on. You don't want to lose, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to see how close you can get to that toy that's on the trampoline without hitting it, but also see what kind of crazy moves your body can do at the same time so that your body won't hit it, even though Ainsley's might be trying to make it hit you. And all of a sudden, she was like, oh, this is, this is such a cool idea. And um, the game became fun for both of them because it wasn't about the competition for my five-year-old. And for my seven-year-old, it was all about competition. It turns out my seven-year-old lost and my five-year-old won the competition simply because she was all she could think about was, you know, um, having the, the the toy not hit her. So it was a pretty cool experience to go through. Nick, that is such a fun story. I I love that 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 game for me was super fun. It is awesome when when our dad came out and uh, shared in that experience with us and something I absolutely love i mentioned it earlier but i love the competition strength or the competitor strength in both um the gallop strengths assessment and in the kids strengths assessment and something for all you parents out there and we'll go into this at another time too for just a deeper dive into the competition strength but Something to know about the competition strength is that it might be it might look like that your kid is always just arguing with you or they're just super butthurt when something goes wrong for them. But 
in reality, they just have high competitor and everything is a game to them. So when they lose or when they when something goes not their way, it almost feels like an emotional loss for them. They have to mourn for that loss. And so it's super I I just love that story and I love the competitor strength. I am number three competition in my Gallup strengths assessment. Uh you said that you might have been number one in your kids' assessment. What, where does your competition lie now? I'm just curious. My competition. So it's it's funny you ask that question. I've taken the Gallup assessment two times. Um, the first time that I took it was 2018 when my wife took it, um, and I didn't really dive into it at the time. It was more of that. Okay, honey, you want this? I'll do it for you. And then I never looked at it again. Um, <laughs> and um, but I, I had competition. I think number seven, I believe, at that time. So it was there. Uh, it just wasn't. It didn't drive as much um, as it probably would have as if, as I was younger. And since I've taken it again, uh, I think it's fifteen now, if I remember correctly. So, um, but for me. One of the things, like I played, you know, high level of, of elite sports growing up, um, played hockey ultra competitively, um, played golf competitively. Like there wasn't there. I was I was the kid growing up in school that I could never play a sport and all of a sudden pick it up and I could play volleyball better than you. And it drove most of my classmates and parents <laughs> and the parents drove them crazy. And. So for me, I always grew up um, tr not trying and just kind of naturally being gifted at sports. So for me, the competition was all about comparison to myself. It was never about comparison to other people because each day I wanted to be better than I was yesterday, which is part of the reason why I loved golf the way or as much as I, as I do still to this day is because, yeah, I like succeeding and winning golf tournaments, but it was also how do I get better myself so that I can compete against myself rather than always comparing against other people? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. It definitely does. And so that's, that's interesting. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to dive too far into this, but I mean, just to see the, the comparison between your competition and mine also, um, my number two strength is futuristic. And so with my, competition it fuels me to seek out other people to compete with and so like like today i'm sitting in the library and i walk in the door and i see all these people lined up at the counter and i'm just like i have to compete against them in something what is it today or i walk into the coffee shop and for some reason my brain says how can you beat any of these people, whether it be drinking coffee faster or sitting down in my seat faster or staying there the longest? It doesn't matter, but I'm in competition with every single person in that room. You, Dan, Billy, Joe, Sally, and everybody in there. And it's just like, why do I do this to myself? But it's a game for me, so I don't know. I like it a lot, and the competition strength is just super fun. And um, if you have all of the listeners out there, if you have anybody that has competition or you think they might have competition um both nick and i would love to sit down with you and have conversations regarding uh what your strengths are and we can we can send you a link for um the strengths assessment also um yeah so nick today for my last question for you sir is how can the Gallup strengths, we talked a lot about the Gallup strengths as well as the incredible family strengths today. And so how can the Gallup strengths actually synergize with the incredible family strengths to make our power families out there even more powerful? Oh, um, this is a, this is a really good question because I think, Here's here's what I think, and whether this is is status quo to everybody else, but um, I think that Gallup's Clifton Strengths has a space because um, there's this synergy that happens between the two of them. Um, I work with clients that are that strictly only want the Gallup side of it, and I also work with people that only want the the incredible family side of it, 
And some of them want both of it and a little bit of it intertwines. But for me, um, if you really want as, as a parent, as an adult, as an entrepreneur, as, as a, you know, maybe more of the corporate side of things, I feel like Gallup has this incredible assessment that is unlike anything that I've ever, and I've, I've done DISC, I've done Enneagram, I've done so many different um, personality assessments that this was the first one that was, that didn't place me in a box with 7 million other people around the globe. You know, like if you're an I, INFJ, this is who you are. Well, guess what? There are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that are also INFJs. So how am I any different from them? How do I fit inside of the mold of the box, you know, compared to them where, where Clifton strengths on the example and Gallup, um, that assessment basically says there are 34 strengths that we have as individuals. And if we were just to take my five top strengths, so my five are in ideation, um, belief, command, individualization, and adaptability. If we take those five top strengths that I've got and we mix them all up, there would be, and everybody on the globe did this assessment, there would be 230,000 people across the globe. So imagine yourself in a large, large, you know, by far the biggest football stadium or even a NASCAR stadium in the United States. Now, if we were to break that down to the exact same top five in the exact same order that I have in that specific order, there would be 230 people around the globe that just became my best friend because of how they show up in the world, which sounds pretty cool. But then we get to top six, you're one and eight. By the time you get to the top seven strengths, there is nobody on this planet today that has the same top seven strengths as me. So for me, in a personality assessment, when I'm talking about entrepreneurship or when I'm talking about self-development and, and, and almost self-acceptance, this was something that really helped me with my, with my mental health. And on the flip side of that, incredible family is how I become not only a better parent, how I become a better spouse, how I became a better, how I can become a better son, how I can become a better you know, parent to my children as well. It's not just, you know, there it's multidimensional because of the interaction between them all. Sure, man. No, that, that sounds great. I really, I do appreciate that. Something that really gets me about the Gallup strengths assessment is that you like as a person, you have just this immense understanding of who you are and the Gallup Strengths Assessment, when they build your um, notes for your for yourself, they actually personalize it to how your strengths line up. And I think that is just so cool. Like with the Enneagram that you talked about um, and all the other strengths assessments, it kind of puts you inside of this box instead of um, you are you. You are this one person on the earth and that is you. Like no one else is like you. And so I really love that. Um, I see that we're running out of time here. So, Nick, I really appreciated having you on here today, man. Um, is there any other information that you would like the listeners here to know today um, that they would that you would like them to take away from this? Oh, you know, I, I think for me. Um, self-acceptance comes from within and if we're not willing to you know i was i was gifted a book recently and you know very i would say not very often is something very impactful within the first couple chapters because they want you to read through chapter seven get to the end of the book but there was something that I read in this book, and I'm not going to name the book because I'll, I'll butcher it, but it was the, the author is Matthew Kelly, um, who I've read many different of his books. And there was a concept that he wrote in there. It's not about perfection. It's about taking the next small step to become a better version of yourself. And strengths, for me, is the opportunity, not only in self-acceptance, but it's giving you the tools 
so that you can develop what those next small steps are. Because I'll mention this, you know, there, I get asked all the time, you know, these are my top 10 strengths. These are my strengths as an incredible parent. You know, what should I be doing as a career? You know, when some, with some of the other assessments that are out there, they have tools that if you are this, this is the career that you should go after. And my biggest belief in this world, if we use strengths to the best of their ability, it doesn't matter what field you are in. It doesn't matter what, you know, what you've been told. It's how you do everything when you own this is who I am. You could be a, a rocket science rocket scientist if you wanted to. You could be a politician. You could be the leader of your church. You could be whatever you want to if you use your strengths for you because that's where authenticity lies. That's where the rawness lies. That's where the realness lies in our life. And when we're trying to be someone else to get to a goal that we want, you'll never accomplish it. Nick, that was that was great, man. I that's awesome. I've never never heard anything quite like that, even in all the rooms that we've been in together. And man, you just you just summed it up. You killed it today. I love it, man. Nick, um, wrapping up here, where can we find you on social media, on your webpage? Where can we find you? Good question. Um, I I think the the most common one is uh, is is finding myself on Instagram. Uh, my the handle there is I am so I A M dot Nick Johnstone. Um, from there, there's a link in my bio to find all the websites and everything else as well, or find me on Clubhouse as well. Is where I spend a bit of time there, and it's simple. It just at Nick Johnstone there. That's great, man. I'll definitely in the in the bio or the description of this video, I'll definitely have all the links to all your stuff so that we can find you more easily. Nick, man, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for hanging out with me and the Power Family. And from the bottom of my heart, man, you are just someone that I look up to. You are someone that I just I want to get to know more. And you, you said, you know, earlier that that you picked up a volleyball and you could play volleyball better than anybody else. Well, I'm going to have to come out there and uh, I'm going to have to see if that's true. So, um, man, I just thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for being on here today. And I hope that you have a blessed rest of your day. Be well, my friend. Thanks, Aaron. Thank you.